It is really wonderful how much resilience there is in human nature. Let any obstructing cause, no matter what, be removed in any way, even by death, and we fly back to first principles of hope and enjoyment. Bram Stoker Welcome to the Lost Traveler podcast. I'm your host, Henry Cameron Allen. And today I have a very special guest, a new friend, Elaine Taylor Klaus, who is, well, you can read all about her in the description. Um, but it's, uh, we, have, we have a lot of crossover we're finding in both the coaching world, life skills development, and also in working with uh, families and children. Um, today we're gonna be really talking about uh, the value of re resilience uh, especially now during this pandemic, uh, we're finding uh, that uh, that people who are are fighting it and 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 fighting against it are having a harder time being resilient during this time. Uh, talk a little bit about your own resilience. Talk about what you have faced in your biography um, that has brought you to this point. I'm really interested. Um, thank you, and thank you for having me on this in this conversation. I'm I'm thrilled to have to to just spend some time talking with you. Um, so so my story is I am I was a um, a neurotic Jewish mother of three young difficult children, what I now call complex kids, and um, and I was struggling to manage. My eldest in particular was a very complex kid. Um, and I was, I was kind of pretty neurotic. By the time I became a parent, I had lost my first pregnancy very, very late. And so by the time my, my, my first child was, was actually born, I wasn't really sure I was ever going to be able to have kids. And I was pretty anxious about it. And then as I kept having kids and the kid kept getting more complicated, um, I was struggling and on the, on the surface, I looked like I had it together and inside I felt like I was crumbling and I felt really, really lost. And, um, and I was searching for answers and for a long time, I think I was searching for fixes and solutions. And, um, and at some point along the journey, two different things happened that really shifted the world for me. One was a nutritional change, actually. Um, it was, and it took me a couple of years to embrace it, but when we, a couple of members of my family, my, my eldest and my husband in particular, um, turned out to be severely gluten intolerant. And when we removed gluten from, from the diet of the family, everything changed quite dramatically. Um, and it's not a panacea and it's not something I would recommend for everybody. And, and it's not a problem for me or one of my other kids, but it is, um, when it's an issue, it can be a very profound issue. And in our family dynamic, it was. So that happened. And around the same time, shortly thereafter, um, I was introduced to a coach and, um, and I, and I began to get some support for me as a parent and, and, I started thinking, I'm, I really want to do something to help other parents. There was a lot of support available for kids. There was nothing in those days available for parents. And this was over a decade ago now. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I was directed, I was going to go back to graduate school and become a therapist and work with parents. That was the plan. And so I had to take the GREs. And so then I, then I had to kind of look at my own issues. And I remember going to my daughter's psychiatrist and saying, 
could, could it, could it be me too? And she kind of patted me on the head and said, no, honey, you're just a mom. And I took it for a while. And then finally, because I was going back to school, I decided I'd had all my kids tested. I was going to go get myself evaluated. And I went and had an assessment done. And it turned out I had undiagnosed uh, attention issues and um, learning disabilities. And I had been a pretty high achiever in my life. I'd gone to a very high-end college, university. I, I had done really well. I had managed it through anxiety right? By, you know, white knuckling it all the way through. As one does. (laughs) As one does, right? Like you do what you got to do. And so, um, so I get this diagnosis, my whole, like this light bulbs just start going off. All of a sudden my whole life makes sense. I start to understand things. I cry a lot for the first, you know, couple of weeks. Um, And then as I start to manage myself, I realize that, that, so the other thing that had happened in this process is I had become a yoga teacher for a while. And, um, and I felt like a kind of a fraud as a yoga teacher because I was really teaching it because I was teaching pregnancy and postpartum. So I was really teaching women and that was my, that was my milieu, but the, the yoga was kind of a, a vehicle for it. And so when I realized that yoga was kind of meditation in motion, but it, I, I didn't feel like it was it, when I found coaching, and I went to coaching school as kind of a stopgap measure. I was going to do it until I could find a therapy program that fit my schedule. Um, and I fell in love. I remember calling my husband that afternoon in tears and saying, I found it. This is it. Mm-hmm. Because I found that coaching was a modality that was positive and empowering and wellness-based and, and made the assumption that, that there was nothing broken that needed to be fixed. Right here we are. We're fine. How do you how do you here understand where you are and how do you get to where you want to go? And um, and when I started kind of applying the principles of yoga, it was almost like coaching was the verbalization of yoga for me. Yes. Right. I mean, yes. it was. Could does that resonate? It was it was kind of the same thing, but now it was being it was the same energy it was just happening with words and and a different kind of relationship and experience and so i dove into coaching a thousand percent because i recognized not only was it helping me but it was beginning to transform my relationship with my kids my relationship with my spouse my relationship with myself probably most of all and ultimately you know that's really where the change (laughs) starts is it always starts with us you know it's true um and within a couple of years, my husband had closed, sold his business and he was becoming a coach. And, um, and I realized that I had discovered something that could really make a difference for parents and families. And I, I had what I often refer to, it, it's hard to talk about it now in, in the modern climate, but I used to call it my Scarlett O'Hara moment. Yes. You know, and God is my witness. No parent should ever have to go through alone what I went through those first 10 years. I mean, it was, it was hard. Um, and so this is a long way of getting to resilience, but, but through yoga, through coaching, through um, mindful awareness, shifting, I began to let go of the anxiety through my own diagnosis. Yeah. Um, I began to release the anxiety and replace it with a trust. Trust in myself, trust in my kids, trust in the universe. Um, I started 
trusting that things would be okay. Trusting in process. Yes. I imagine as well. I mean, yeah, completely. It's all about process instead of outcome. And we tend to be so outcome focused. What's going to happen when that we forget that it's really, I mean, it really, that it's, it's cliche because it's true. Life is about the journey. Yes. That it's really all it's about is this moment right now. This is it. And we're going to take a brief pause right now to hear a word from our sponsor. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening, this is it. This is all we have. There's no time machine that can take us into the past, not even 10 minutes ago. And there's no time machine that can take us into the future. Right. Yeah. And this is it. This everything hinges on this moment. The way I like to think about it is like there's this infinite peacock tail of possibilities around every single moment. And we yes. have the beautiful gift as human beings, universally, to choose yes. one direction or another. Right? Yeah. Yep. If we choose direction A, that'll bring us to point B, right? If we find in point B that we're not feeling happy, if we're not feeling safe, if we're not feeling completely whole, we can take that infinite peacock tail of possibility and move to a different point B, right? Exactly. We're the ones in control fully. And it's a simplified uh, concept, but... But, um, but it's liberating. It's absolutely liberating. Right? Because, because that's, at the end of the day, we are at choice. We are always at choice. And, we, and, and when we don't act, that's also a choice, right? That's right. And so re understanding that we can choose. And so we can not only choose our actions, but and for me and my work, probably more importantly, we can choose our mindset. Yeah. And when we think about how we think about things, that changes our perspective. And this, is, this was my huge epiphany early in coaching. And that's that perspective changes outcomes. When you think about when you think you can or you think you can't, that will determine what's possible from there. And with parenting, that's huge because when, you know, I was thinking about this recently, when parents have kids who are diagnosed as gifted, mm -hmm. they see all the possibility in the world and they want to give their child every resource and they want to do everything they can, right? When they see their kids diagnosed with a disability, they're afraid, they're, they're fearful, they're, they're hesitant, they see limitations. The irony is that those are usually the same kids, Yeah. right? These kids are twice exceptional. These kids are gifted and challenged. I've never met a gifted kid that didn't have challenge, and, and I've really never met a challenged kid, for the most part, that didn't have a gift. That's right. But our mindset, our perspective on how we look at it, changes how we respond and how we act and how we treat it and and so i think resilience is about is about seeing the possibility no matter how challenging or or difficult things may get to know that that you have the capacity to choose how to respond instead of react and and we'll what handle whatever comes well and what an important tool for parents not only people who physically have children and are actively parenting, but those of us that are in the parenting generation, whether or not we have children or whether or not we have had children and are no longer in the act of parenting. Mm -hmm. uh, 
we are always in the act of self-parenting as well. Yes. And so the skills are essential and universal. It crosses culture, it crosses socioeconomics, it crosses everything. And so this is such a vital conversation in the context of, of what this podcast is about, because yes. we are now in a time where we're all pioneers, right? We are all children wandering in the woods, right? Yep. We're Hansel and Gretel, we're looking for, we're laying down stones or breadcrumbs or whatever yep. it is. And, and we, are, we are blazing new trails. We have to blaze new trails, right? And so what I try to, to approach this podcast, but also in my, in my clients' conversations and, and dealings with family and friends, um, is trying to sort of hold up a mirror and reflect the empowerment by virtue of, of how I'm living my life, right? Yeah. I can't tell, uh, you can lead a horse to water, right? But I can only be authentic in the moment that I'm in and, mm -hmm. and the tools that I have in my kit and what I hope to do and, and by bringing people like yourself who are experts in their field, who have done the work, um, you know, we lay our toolkits out and nobody can use our tools the way that we use them, but they can synthesize them with the tools that they already have and create unique tools for their own lives and their own futures, right? Yeah. And it's the mindset, you're absolutely right. You wrote this book, The Essential Guide to Raising Complex Kids, and I do wanna touch on that because that's, that's again, part and parcel to this conversation, not only if you are in the act of raising complex kids, we are all complex kids. Well, the, uh, let, let me riff on that for a second because as you were talking, here's what I was thinking. So I've been recent. I am I'm getting ready to publish this book. It's coming out in a couple of weeks, and um, thank you. And it's been you know ten years in the making. And my my favorite thing about the feedback I've gotten so far, the reviews I've gotten so far, has been the people who've said I'm using it to parent myself. Yeah. And that this is really helping me parent myself from a different perspective. And that to me is, is pure joy because that's really, the change does start with us. And when we can treat ourselves with love and grace and respect and positivity and discernment instead of judgment, we can create an environment that allows us whatever, whether, however we're interacting with others, whether it's with kids or in schools or um, and families or, or, or as a traveler, however you interact the with the world, um, your, what you bring starts with, with the sort of the approach, the energy that you come from. So, and, and I love what you're saying about the toolbox because what I've done in this book is to take all the tools that I learned in coaching. And what I do, my company is Impact Parents and Impact, it was Impact ADHD for many years and we've expanded it to include Impact Parents because it's it's parents Great. of all kids, not just kids with ADHD. I'll put a link to that uh, website in the description as well. It, we're, we're working on it, we're, we're almost there. Um, but what we've done is we've taken the essential tools and concepts from the world of coaching and we, we've organized it really well to teach them to parents. So we are actually sharing our toolbox in a way that parents can take it and learn the tools and learn how to use them. You don't have to become a coach to be coach-like or to take a coach approach. I mean, you're a, a incredibly coach-like in your approach to the world, Henry. Yeah. And um, 
and you didn't have to be trained to do that. You haven't sort of, you come out of the theater world, you've got, you've got a natural proclivity, you've had a lot of life experience that's taught you to be resilient. Um, and so what we've learned is that parents can learn these skills and these concepts, and it's kind of both practical and theoretical, and they can use it to shift the dynamic with themselves and with their families. And so that's what's exciting to me is that it, it is a toolbox and that you can find tools that, that speak to you in this toolbox, but you don't have to be able to use the whole toolbox. Right. And as I say, you can synthesize them with the tools that you already carry and create exactly. unique tools. Right. And you'll know when it's the right tool. You're the craftsperson. You're the one creating these tools. Right. And so it's, it's so important now, especially when we're in a state of, I don't know, it feels like we're in a stun. Uncertainty is the term I've been using a lot. Yeah. Yes. Um, how would you say either uh, you yourself or, or the way that you advise people to, to make those syntheses? How do, you, how do you advise people to take new tools that you're gleaning and put them together with the tools that you have? Uh, That's a great question. Um, I think, you know, part of my objection to traditional parenting paradigms is as a parent of complex kids, they didn't work for me. And I kept trying them and they didn't work. And then I, still, I felt more and more of a failure, right? I felt like the worst parent in the world because I was doing what they were telling me to do and it wasn't working. Right. And it's because I was doing what they were telling me to do. And so the approach that I'm introducing, this coach approach, is about really understanding your values, understanding what's important to you, getting clear on your priorities, so that as a parent, you can trust your instincts and trust your gut and do what, what you feel is right for your family and not try to fulfill somebody ex else's expectations. So we talk about shedding the shoulds, right? Yes. Yes. And stop shooting all over yourselves and, <laughs> you know, and, and start really thinking about what is this, how do I meet this child where he is or she is or they are and, and invite them to grow and, and cultivate what's, what's the gifts in them instead of constantly trying to hold them to some other standard that they never fit in. And we'll be right back right after this. Twenty-first-century life skills warrant twenty-first-century education. Every human being is born into a classroom, each of us given the same homework, the same core assignments. Personal care skills, emotional literacy, financial literacy, environmental literacy. These and other essential life skills are unique, learned and used by each of us every day of our lives. Indeed, they are the common thread in our humanity core to individuals and the communities they construct, surviving and thriving. Raising the bar on life skills education for all. This is the mission of Parenting 2.0. Visit www.parenting2pt0.org for more information. And, and for me, this comes, so I, I mentioned that I have three complex kids, my oldest most complex. Um, my oldest is also at this point extraordinarily accomplished. Yeah. And, and it is, and they will tell you 
it is because we stopped trying to fit them into a box that they didn't belong on. We stopped trying to make them play the drum on the field that they didn't, you know, it was just not the right fit. And when we started playing to their strengths and looking at what their gifts were and stopped trying to make this incredibly creative, brilliant kid do math, <laughs> right? And yeah. let them do what they do, um, it changed everything. They're now a really accomplished actor at 25 years old. They've been on film and television and doing really, really well because we invited them to do what they did best and stopped trying to force them. You know, the, the woman, I can't remember her name, who um, she was the choreographer and is a world-renowned choreographer now. Um, I think she choreographed The Lion King and other big Right. Um, she tells a story of when she was a little girl and she was having all kinds of attention issues in school and her, uh, her principal called the parents into school. She was in detention after school one day and um, they, uh, the principal invited the parents to look through the window of the classroom um, to peek in to see what they were all experiencing with their child mm -hmm. and she was up on the desks she was moving all over the room she couldn't sit still she couldn't focus on anything and and the parents were very worried because of the stigma that a lot of, of kids have that are complex um, thinking that she was you know such a problem and a burden uh, for all of the the, the faculty yeah. Uh, who, and uh, and the principal reassured them, said, no, 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 no. I wanted to show you this because I think she belongs in the school for the arts. She's obviously a dancer and a mover. <laughs> and, and for her to be in this conventional prefab educational box yes. isn't serving her. And we had a very similar experience, really similar. <laughs> I almost, I, I, for a moment, I hated our principal for it, but it was the best <laughs> gift because we, what? they wanted, we, they wanted Bex to go to something called, um, uh, something can't, I don't know. It was, it was, it was, um, going out to, to LA in January, February for, um, pilot season. And there was a camp program and whatever. And so it would have meant taking them out of school and pinning them in LA at 16, 17 years old. And we went to the principal and we're like ready for him to say, no, sorry, you can't do this. And he said, isn't that what we want for all our kids, for them to find what they love? And we were flabbergasted. We're like, oh no, now we have to, <laughs> now we have to make this work. And it was crazy. And that's the other thing I want to say is it can be scary. Yeah. to trust the universe, right? It can be scary to follow the bliss or to, you know, leap Correct. and hope the net appears, yeah. whatever, you know, you, the metaphor you want. There's no guarantees except for sort of knowing that, that you will dance with whatever happens and make the best of it and make the best next decision that you can make until it's time to make the next decision. But we tend to try to wait to make decisions until we have all the information and all the evidence and everything. And the truth is, look at what's happening right now. We can't do that. We have to learn to be more adaptive and to make the best decision we can until we have different information. Right. Right. And that's being, that's, that's particularly challenging the educational world. Yeah. Uh, 
And we're thinking about not only uh, school-aged children and, and high school, but universities and even adult education. It's really hard to think about what's going to happen in the next month to where I mean, it's an uphill battle anyway. I mean, when, when I was uh, a Waldorf teacher, um, one of the things that was really fascinating to me to, to learn, which I had never heard before, was that the, the mainstream educational system, which is almost global at this point, mm -hmm. was developed during the Industrial Revolution to get yes. children off farms, out of nature, and into factories. Factories, right? exactly. Yes. Right. And now it's no longer factories, it's, it's cubicles in corporations, which is essentially the same thing, right? But and now we need to figure out how to educate for critical thinking in a well, way that we didn't have to before. Like, like Waldorf education, or as they call in Europe, Steiner schools, uh, Montessori, Sudbury yep. uh, method. There are options out there that parents and even educated parents, I have met so many people who have a master's in education, who have never heard of Rudolf Steiner, who have never heard of Waldorf schools. It's all about critical thinking. It's yeah. all about giving kids tools in the moment to be able to be where they are. By the time they're 13 years old, they are equipped to step out into the world as a contributor. And that's important right now. It I is think. essential right now. I mean, what I've been saying since this pandemic started to parents is, is you can't let school get in the way of your kid's education. Oh. This this is the time to to teach life skills to 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 use the kitchen as a as a chemistry lab to like now is the time we are having a gigantic reboot right it's a huge opportunity for us to reevaluate what what it means to be learning and and you know it's interesting my youngest child is is about to go back to college he was a first year university when all of this hit. So we've spent the last month or two um, in a constant dialogue about whether to go or not. And um, what the risks were, what the benefits were, whether it was worth the cost, you know, was there going to be an education? And it's been a really interesting conversation to have with him and to see what's important to him. And, and I am seeing him as embrace his education in a way that he hadn't before because he really had to have some serious conversations. And, and he's been in touch with every one of his professors and has and you know made the decision based on what his learning was gonna be. And that's new. And that's, I mean, that's new for him for sure. But I think a lot of our kids, if we give them the opportunity to be in the conversation, and this can be for kids of any age, like to really talk about what do you wanna learn? What's important to you about learning? if we can let go of the, I have to meet these metrics. Right. And really lean into, I wanna educate a whole human here. What does that look like? Well, There's that spark of wonder and yeah. curiosity and love of learning, right? I mean, yeah. when I talk to a lot of young people, your kid's age, my son would be 25 today. Yeah. Um, in those conversations of where do you learn your life skills from? I would say 98% of them have not said from my parents mm. or my teachers. Mm. They'll say YouTube. Yep. <laughs> YouTube, they'll say my friends, social media, by watching the world going on around me. You don't think that this 
state of the world now isn't a gift to these kids in terms of learning resiliency, hands-on experiential learning. Yep. They are learning by observing. They're learning by having to sort out truth from fiction uh, in the news, in the mainstream media, even from the government. And this is all around the world. Yeah. They are learning skills right now, aren't they? As we all have, right? The world has never not been in chaos. Where our, our ancestors experienced global pandemics before. Even our grandparents and great-grandparents, if they were around during the Spanish flu, hey, you know. Well, and my mom talks, has been talking about the polio summers, right? Polio, yes. And that yes. was not that many decades ago, but the, they, were, they would be sent out of the city and she grew up in New York City and they would send them out for eight weeks at six years old because there was polio. Right. And now we're, we're discovering through this newer, newish science of epigenetics that your genetic makeup actually carries ancestral DNA, right? So right. all of the wisdom of your ancestors is right there. It's right there, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so is the neurosis. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's twofold. The wisdom and the neurosis and the challenge, yeah. all of yeah. those things there, the complexities of our humanity, right? right? We're all complex kids, getting back to that, you know? And that means that we're all gleaning skills at different stages of life. I'm 54, you know, I'm learning new skills now, heading into my, my what is it, my autumn years? I don't even know, um, that I didn't have to think about a decade ago. Feel well, live well. Vox Life combines neuromuscular science with decades of proven research to help you achieve your wellness goals. Safe for all ages, drug-free, and with no invasive treatments, Vox Life products use the patented Vox HPT, a special tactile pattern that activates your body's neuroreceptors to reduce aches and pains, keeping you at maximum performance every day. The new NeuroVax Patch Immune System Optimizer is on special through April 27th. Visit diandinkmeyer.voxlife.com for details. That's Vox Life, V-O-X-X, Life. Yeah, the, the world's a very different place and our capacity to, you know, in coaching, we call it dance in the moment, right? Yeah. Our, our capacity to, to be with whatever happens and to, and to trust our ability to be with whatever happens. We're being called upon to do that in a whole new way. And I think it's people are being awakened to, to their own thoughts. Like when I've been thinking and talking and writing a little bit about um, the, the Black Lives Matter movement. And I believe that it happened now and what we're seeing is happening now because people are finally able to pay attention and I, and, and I don't, it, I don't believe that a lot of people weren't open to these ideas before they just did. I mean, they were so busy in the spin of their lives that the world has kind of shut down enough for us to pay attention and for people to say, Oh, wait, 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 this matters. This is important. I really believe in fairness and equality and kindness and treating people like people in humanity. And we're slowed down enough for people to have the space to think about it and talk about it and, and converse and write and challenge. And uh, it's extraordinary. And I don't believe it would have taken off in the way that it has. And I believe that it, the result of this will absolutely be lasting change. I don't think we can ever go back. Thank it's God. Not like, 
like the murder of of the people that that have triggered this movement no is anything new but it was the timing of it all and the fact that it was on video that really made the difference right mm -hmm. now we have to see it we have to look at those images and we have to not only get into the heads of the people who have been killed the people who have been oppressed the people right. who have been marked but also the people who are perpetrating those right. horrible and looking at the systemic uh, dysfunction that goes back to the roots of this country and beyond. I'm studying African history right now for the first time in my life because of all of this. Right. I've been doing a lot of DNA research and I actually was able to trace my DNA back to my African ancestors in Kenya and Tanzania. And now I'm fascinated with the history that I'm learning, the folklore and the actual history that has been skewed since ancient times. Yeah. Uh, and, I'm, uh, and I'm understanding, I'm learning why that happened and why it's continually happening. It's and you have the space to do it. I do. I right? have the downtime. I have the tools, right, right. with the internet to be able to research. If I have a question, I can look it up. And then I have to sort out, okay, is this actual or is this it's exactly and that and that's what i think is the most extraordinary like the synchronicity of where we are the the beautiful synchronicity that we we are there are people who who would have seen that video and said oh that's terrible and they would have gone back to work on monday yeah right and now there's there's a diff there's a whole different space around it yeah. and it's it's extraordinary it's and and i think it's just part of everything like it's all happening right now for for some reason that we don't really have to understand mm -hmm. um but again this goes back to but we do kind of have to lean in yeah. right we have to there there's a we have to dance with it because this is we are living through an a profoundly important historical shift. Yeah. Really. Universally. Yeah. In human consciousness. I think in exactly. order to get back to the origin, <laughs> the, 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 the most ancient impulses in our humanity to recognize all of us as one, I mm -hmm. think we, we have to see color and we have to see culture and we have to see uh, real history. Um, and learn, learn, unlearn a lot, right? To create the space for, for, for better information to enter. I've, I've been doing some training in positive intelligence, um, get, taking some, a training class in positive intelligence. And one of the concepts in the realm of positivity and positive psychology is, is the notion of, of distinguishing between judgment and discernment. Mm. And, and that we have historically had a tendency to judge other, to judge that which we don't know, to judge what we don't understand. And, and we, are, we are moving into an opportunity, as you say, like we have this, we are one, we're, we're all human here. We're all this universal being, consciousness, whatever. Um, and, and when we can discern the differences without judging them, that's what allows us to embrace them and respect them and and integrate them um and there's there's this beauty to it that we have 
feared in the past because it was other and we have this new opportunity to embrace it because it's us. Yeah. Right. True. And it always has been, Dorothy. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, that's the beauty of this whole, it, it's a gift. I'm looking at this entire time as a gift. I know that people are yeah. challenged. I myself, my, my, my artistic industry has tanked completely. Yeah. Nobody in the world is going to theater right now on the planet. Yeah. Right. So I have to think outside the box. I have to think about preserving. I have to think about, you know, any source of income that I've had in the past is gone. Right. For now. This is my industry for now, but I can take this time now to tap into my toolkit and find the tools for resilience that I have accumulated over a lifetime, right? Over half a century and, and implement them into the world. Discern, as you say, which ones are going to be uh, helpful right now to me and to others. Your generous sponsorship and individual support of the Lost Traveler podcast benefits the Lost Travelers Club, a charitable project under the fiscal sponsorship of United Charitable, a nonprofit 501c3 organization. The Lost Travelers Club focuses primarily on the needs of parents who have outlived their beloved children. We recently launched our new Brain Candy Project Wing, providing art supplies to children still struggling with critical or terminal health-related conditions. We hope to raise enough funds to launch Brain Candy, an arts and literature magazine created by and for these young people. Find out more at www.braincandy.online. Thank you. So, so here's what I want to say, and, and I was interviewing somebody earlier this summer, uh, a developmental pediatrician, and, and he was saying what, really what you just said in many ways about um, you know, being aware of what's going on and, and, and like taking the opportunity. And, and he was also emphasizing that some pe people are having a really hard time here. And so we want to honor and acknowledge the reality of that, that, that this is, there are people for whom they really are in crisis and this is driven to crisis. We're going to see a, 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 an aftermath of homelessness that's going to be horrifying in all of this with the evictions and, and like, I don't want to Pollyanna and say this is all a beautiful because there is there is some pain and some suffering that's going on and it's real and and we want to honor that and acknowledge that and 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 also know that it's part of this rite of passage whatever it is and 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 so it's it's the time if there was ever a time to ask for help in the midst of a global pandemic if, if you are listening to this and you are surrounded or feeling in crisis or having, having situations that are really out of your control, now is the time to seek help, ask for help, reach out. There's no shame in it. And, and there's nothing more, no more important time than now when people really are trying to help each other and want to help each other. There, there are resources out there to get the help if, if you feel like you need it. So I just, I don't want to miss the opportunity to say that. No, and thank you for saying that. I think it's really important. Mental health is going to be a huge, yeah. must be focus as we emerge from this. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, and, and the help is there. It is always there. No one's truly alone. One of the things that I personally have been struggling with, because I'm a hugger, is yes. the fact that I can't hug my friends and family. I have to keep distance. And, you know, I keep thinking about the stories that I've heard of, of you know, orphaned children in, say, Romania, you know, who are, who are not touched and they die. You know, this, this is such an essential part of our humanity that we now have to, again, become resilient and get through it, get through this gauntlet that we've all got to run through right now. Mm-hmm. And, and so that we can, when we come out on the other end, which we will, it will not be the same. There's no, no. such normal. There's, well, and there's no going back ever. Progress only moves forward, right? That's right. And we will emerge from this one way or another. Yeah. And my hope is that even something as simple as a hug will not be taken for granted, you know, right. and these, these human connections. I know that you've got to go and I want to, I want to respect your time. I, I want to thank you for the time that you've spent. I was going to say, right. I could spend hours here. I wish we could. But... I know, I know. This happens every time. Uh, and I will definitely invite you back. I think this is, there, there's so much more to talk about, but as we wrap this up, I always ask my guests to reflect on this past time that we've shared. And if there are three things that you would like the listeners to draw from this, to ponder, to carry in their toolkit, um, think, reflect back on, on three things that you'd like people to take away. Three things. So I think the first thing that's coming up to me is, um, is trust yourself. Right. The change starts with you. Trust, trust what you know and, and trust your capacity to be resilient. Right. And your kids' capacity and your family's capacity. Just, you know, leaning into um, that kind of self-love, self-trust, self-knowing. That's that's maybe that's all three, but that's certainly the first one. Um, I think the second is 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 that we didn't talk about it specifically, but but um, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. And um, and so knowing that that we're in this for however long we're in this, and to to be in the journey of it instead of trying to stop it, um, because that it's that mindset piece of just being okay with whatever's going on and, and knowing that you can be with it. And I think that's, that's a huge piece is, is to ride the wave instead of trying to stop the wave. You're not going to stop the wave. It's going to be what it's going to be. Um, and I think the third is, is to, to stay connected and, and, and ask for the help you need and, and know that you're not alone. Um, that, that a lot of that resilience comes from simply having conversations or talking to people or it doesn't matter whether it's virtual or in person, but, but, but to externalize and connect and, and lean into whatever relationships you have in your life. Absolutely. That's what comes to me. Thank you. Thank you for that. I, w- I want to touch back on, on something you just started to talk about a while ago about nutrition. Um, that also is a very important part of, of sort of being connected to your instinct. And you know, I, I, I think about, I, I've, I've gone through major transformations from nutrition. And uh, 
you know, it, that's a whole other conversation, but it I, is that junk food that's a little is pulling bit. on me. Right. And, oh, and I want to talk about it. So yeah. maybe we'll talk about that next time, but, uh, Elaine Taylor Klaus, thank you so much again for being here. Um, Listeners, look for the Essential Guide to Raising Complex Kids, which is coming out very soon. Very and soon. I'll have links in the description to all of it. And um, we have some great bonus materials. So we'll give you some links so that people can, if they, they sign up for it, they can get a, not only a sample chapter in advance, but also some um, parenting in a pandemic bonus and, and something about, you know, another fun one about what not to say to parents. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you for that gift. I really appreciate it, as I know our listeners do. Uh, we will be back next week with another uh, episode. So uh, stay tuned and thank you again. Great to meet you. You too. That was awesome. You've been listening to The Lost Traveler with Henry Cameron Allen. For more information, please visit www.henryallen.org. Thanks so much for tuning in, and let's all keep striving for a better world. Thank you.